Good morning. Well, I have a question for you. How many of you enjoy waiting, right? No, none of you? You know, I have to be honest. Waiting is not one of my strengths at all. You know, there are some places where waiting in line just... It's me incredibly, you know, like going to a drive through, you know, at a fast food restaurant, you expect it to be pretty fast. And when you end up having to wait and wait and wait, and it's like 15 minutes, you're like, this isn't fast food at all. Or when you're at a, a grocery store and you go to the self-checkout lane and, and you have to wait in line, I just, I just get irritated there. Or, or even when you go to Cedar Point and all of a sudden you, you look at those wait times and you're like, two hours? Are you kidding me? There's no way I'm going to wait two hours in that line for a 30-second ride, right? And so this summer, our family, we, we went to Cedar Point, just our family, for the first time in like 18 years. It's crazy, because every year we just take the students with us, and, and we decided to go again and just take our family, and, and I said, you know what? Let's do something different. Let's buy those fast lane passes so that we can kind of just skip the lines and not have to wait. And it was incredible. Instead of waiting in that two-hour line, we waited like 20 minutes at the most for the rides. And it was, it was such a wonderful time. And Brayden and I, we were riding all the rides, and we finished riding them all in a half a day. And so we started doubling back and, and riding them over again and just having this incredible time not having to wait. Yet there's going to be times in our life when we are simply going to have to have faith and be still and just wait for God because he wants what's best for, you, for us and he's working it all out for us. You know, every fall, Jeanette will make her, her um, delicious apple pie and, and it's got the brown sugar topping on it, that Dutch apple pie, and it's incredible when you just take a scoop of vanilla ice cream and put it on top and it's so delicious and it takes time. You know, she's got to peel the apples and put it all together and then bake it, right? And then you got to wait a little bit. You just can't eat it right when it comes out of the oven and, and so you have to wait and I could run down to McDonald's and buy one of their apple pies, but I'd have to wait in their fast food line, right? And it's just not the same, right? Because homemade is always better. Even if, if I have to wait a little bit longer, homemade is always better. Getting that fresh apple pie is so much better than selling for seconds or, or something of lower quality, Right? And so when you're hungry, you know, you, you are in a hurry. You want it now. And, and you just eat the first thing that, that you see. And it doesn't matter if it's good or not. You're just starving. You want to eat, right? And so, and so you'll just eat. And, and that's why Taco Bell and White Castle are open so late at night. And, you know, because they understand you're hungry and you'll eat anything. And so you'll go and eat. Just be careful. I've gotten food poisoning doing that. But God is cooking up something that is far greater than anything that you and I can, can make happen. And if we only learn to wait on him, we'll see incredible things take place. But sometimes waiting is difficult, even, even if we are given an incentive. 
You know, maybe you've heard of the, the study called the marshmallow test. And the experiment is, is where they, they bring a child into this room and they place a marshmallow in front of the child and, and they tell them, listen, I'm going to leave. And I'm going to leave this marshmallow here. And if you can just wait to not eat it, and when I come back... I'll give you another one. And that sounds like a great deal. And so the researcher tells them that, and they, they leave the room for 15 minutes. And 15 minutes, that's just an eternity for a child. That's just wrong, right? And they observe the child and watch what the child does. And, and sometimes the child would, would do everything imaginably, try to resist it. Some would just eat it right away. But some would do everything that they could to resist it. They would, they would close their eyes. They would, they would turn their head, right? Some would even begin to pull their hair, you know, to try to distract them from it. And, and some would even pick it up and, and just smell it, you know, like that would help satisfy the craving. And while it's difficult for us to wait, Sometimes the consequences of not waiting can be a lot more harmful than just missing out on an extra marshmallow, right? And there are times in life when we feel the pressure of having to do something immediately. And advertising is built upon that premise that that you have to have it now, right? You see an advertisement, you're like, I need that right now. And they'll even tell you, you know, they'll say, you know, you need it right now. You can buy this now. There's no money down. You're like, that sounds great, right? There's no payments until 2025. And you're like, I think I can do that, right? And they tell you all these wonderful things so that you don't have to wait and you can buy it right now because you have to have it now, or maybe we feel completely powerless or, or unable to do anything about what is happening around us. And, and the temptation for us is to stress out and to worry and, and to just take the matters into our own hands. Yet think about it. When was the last time when you found yourself in that situation and, and you just jumped into it and took it into your, own, and, and into your own hands that you found out it worked pretty well for you, right? Usually we find those instances where, where things just don't go the way we expected them to, and we find ourselves making it worse. However, it's in those times, it's in those moments where we need to calm ourselves down and just begin to place our focus and our trust on God. Learn to be still. Recognize him. And let him work everything out in our lives. In Psalm 4610, it says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be honored by every nation. I will be honored throughout the world. You know, in this ADHD world that we live in where we have to have everything now and our, our attention spans are so short that we're, we have to just constantly be doing something and constantly staying active, you know, sometimes the best thing that we can do is nothing. Sometimes the best thing that we can do is just nothing and just wait for God to intervene. That can be the best solution for us. And so how can we have faith that helps us to be still when everything in our world is, is chaotic and, and, and in turmoil around us? And, and how can we trust God to take care of us, you know, for all our plans? Well, I think today we, we can find out a couple things. And number one, I said, 
God sees me all the time. And that's important for us to recognize that God sees you all the time. And for some people, that, that may make them a little fearful and afraid that, you know what, there's someone watching me all the time. But for me, I find great peace from knowing that. I find great joy knowing that God is there watching me. He sees me all the time. You know, have you ever walked into a dark room and tried to make it to the other side? It can be a little difficult, especially if you don't know the layout of the room. You know, some people, they'll, they'll put their hands out and just kind of reach for things to make sure that they don't bump into it as, they, as they're walking, right? I'll even do that little foot sweeping motion, you know, to make sure I'm not going to stub my toe on a dresser or hit anything. And, and so I'm doing this little, you know, like, okay, it's safe, all right, we're, we're good, you know. And, and I'm, I'm stumbling across the room to make it across the way in this dark room just because I don't want to trip over anything and get hurt. But God is not someone who, who's wandering around in the dark. He's, he's not someone that's trying to find the, the, the light switch to turn things on. He, he has eyes strong enough to see me anytime, anywhere, in any situation, whatever I'm facing. He is watching me. He sees me. You know, he is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. And he sees the end from the beginning. And he sees our place in the whole timeline of history. Psalm 33 says this, The Lord watches over those who obey him, those who trust in his constant love. You know, we can have that confidence that as we continue to worship God, that he's always watching over us. He's always taking care of us. You know, imagine if, if you saw a blind person that didn't have any assistance and, and they were getting ready to start walking into an intersection, right? Right, like at um, Allen Road and West, you know, just a busy intersection. You know, what would you do? I think all of us would try to do everything we could to help keep that person safe. Now just think about how much more God does for us when we are in the midst of a terrible circumstance. He's there. He sees what's going on. And what gets me is that, you know, I know I'm, I'm just one of seven billion people on this planet, but God is intently watching me. He's intently watching me, and he's watching you as well. And, you know, he doesn't just see a crowd of people. He sees you. He sees you specifically. He's watching you, and he knows when you're going through terrible times. He knows when, when you can't make sense of what's coming and going and what's over the next hill in life. He knows what you're going through, and he sees it with you. You know, when I graduated high school, I was working for this company that, that provided the, the Velcro wall, the, the moon houses, you know, and, and the, um, the sumo wrestling suits that you'd get in, and, and all of a sudden you try to just belly bump with someone and knock them over, right? And it, it was 
fun for a little bit, and then it got a little tiring. But I was driving to this company picnic one day, and all of a sudden, as I was traveling, it started pouring. And I'm talking a torrential downpour where I literally couldn't see in front of me. And normally, things like, you know, rain doesn't scare me, snow doesn't scare me when I'm driving. But but all of a sudden, I couldn't see five feet in front of me. And I'm driving down the freeway, and I'm like, this isn't safe. And so I had to pull off to the side of the road. And as I pulled off, I'm just waiting for like 15 minutes for this rain to subside so that I could start driving again because I couldn't see in front of me. I didn't know if there was any other cars in front of me or if they had stopped on the road. You never know. Crazy people out there, right? They don't pull off. Or if someone else is still driving in it. And so I was, I was a little nervous. And so I just pulled off to the side of the road because I couldn't see When we are going through the times in our life where we can't see, it's a great comfort to know that there is a God who always sees you. He knows what's going on. He's watching you. And we may not be able to see anything, but God sees you in that storm. He sees you in it. And he never loses sight of you. You are always in his sight. And that's comforting. Because when you feel all alone, when you feel misunderstood, when you feel all abandoned, that there is a God who's right there with you. He sees you, and he's with you. You know, sometimes God will rescue us immediately. Sometimes we have to wait. But know that God is there, and he's waiting for his right time. Because often, God waits to reveal something to us to show us our need for him and to draw us back to him. And he's using that time for us to say, God, I need you. And when we do that, he says, I'm right here with you. You know, in South Africa, there's a, a Zulu greeting that's a little different to how you and I greet people. You know, here in the States, when we see someone, we'll say hi or hello, right? And they respond in kind and and, and say hi as well. But in South Africa here, upon recognize, recognizing someone, they'll say, I see you. And in response, they'll say, yes, I see you. And it's, it's pretty amazing to see this because what they're saying is, I see the whole you. I see your experiences. I see your, your passions. I see your pain. I see your weaknesses. I see your future. They're saying, you are valuable to me. And I'd like to think that that's how God sees us. He says, I see you. I see your value. I see your pain. I see what you're going through. You are valuable to me, and I'm right there with you. And so we can trust in God, and we got to learn to just be still and know that he is there, that he sees us, and that he says, I see you. Secondly, this morning, I want you to know that God hears you all the time. God hears you all the time. You know, every time we pray in faith, he hears you. He never loses your prayers or misplaces them. He doesn't forget. 
He always stores them up. And, and you know, God doesn't have a voicemail where you have to call and, and leave it because he doesn't need it. He always picks up on the first time. Right when you say God, he's there. He's listening. He hears you. Have you ever gotten a call, not from a friend, because you would never do this, but maybe a telemarketer, and you've gotten a call and you, you saw the number and you said, I don't want to talk to that individual, right? You're like, I really don't want to talk to that person. And, and so there's this incredible button on that phone where you can hit it and you just ignore the call. Boop. And they just go away. And if they want, they can leave a voicemail and you can always listen to it later or you can just delete it, right? It's an incredible thing. You just hit the button, they go away. You don't have to listen. Well, Jesus never hits the ignore button with you. Everyone, everything is important to him. You know, he's patient, he's kind with us, he listens to everything, and you know, he wants us to ask him about everything. He wants us to talk to him about everything that's going on in our life. You know, what allows us to be still is the, the faith that when we whisper in the quietness of our homes, that he still hears us. And when we just whisper, God, I need you to do this in my life, he hears you in the privacy of your own home. He hears and yet often we just kind of take that for granted. You know, not only that, but, but God's attention is focused on what you're saying as well. You know, there's times where Jeanette will be talking and, and sharing something, and, you know, I may be on my phone looking up something or texting someone, or, or maybe I'm watching TV, or I'm in another room and I'm not really paying attention, and, and then all of a sudden I'll be like, what'd you say? Right? She's like, you weren't listening? I'm like, nope. You know, I was doing something else, right? We've all done that, right? Not just me. God never does that. Hearing and listening are two different things, but God does them both with excellence. You know, he is riveted to what you are saying. You know, he's there. He's, he's waiting to hear everything that you have to say at any particular moment. You know, he doesn't just look at you and say, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, uh-huh, yep, mm-hmm. Wait, what? Right? No, he's, he's listening intently. He's paying attention. He, he hears you and he says, all right, I can do that. I can work on that. He's listening to everything you are saying. 1 John 5 says, We are certain that God will hear our prayers when we ask for what pleases him. And if we know that God listens when we pray, we are sure that our prayers have already been answered. Isn't that a great comfort to know that, that he is always hearing and he answers? He's always listening and he answers our prayers. You know, he wants to come through for you. But remember, it's not always on his timetable or on your timetable. It's on his timetable. Because he knows the plans. He knows what you need. And sometimes you may need to wait a little bit longer so that you rely on him a little bit longer. But God is patiently waiting, patiently listening. And we can have the confidence that he hears us when we call on him. 
And then third this morning, God cares for you all the time as well. He cares for you. You know, God not only sees you, he not only hears for you, he cares about you. You know, and when I use the word care, I don't mean, you know, barely concerned about the way that we kind of use the word care. Like, oh yeah, I care about that, right? I care about, you know, the oceans being polluted, right? While we still sip on our straws, right? I care about those things. No, God cares about you. And when I think about caring, you know, what it means to care about something, you know, I think about, I think about this definition, that it's something that we truly care about that, that moves our heart. When we care about something, it's something that moves our heart. And I think about the person that buys that classic car, and you see him every weekend out there washing that car and waxing it and taking care of it every day, every week, right? All the chrome parts on that car is just polished perfectly, and it runs in perfect condition, right? That person cares about that vehicle, right? It's moved him. He puts money into that thing. He puts time and sweat into that thing, right? And to God, he moved about us. He cares about us. You know, we are not this bargain basement thing for him. He loves us so much, and as we celebrated communion this morning, we're reminded of that love that he has for us that moved him to go to the cross and die for us. You know, he cares about us. And it's one thing to hear about that. But God took it to the next level, didn't he? You know, we can care about things, but God takes things to the next level. You know, I heard Um, compassion defined this way once. Pity is merely feeling sorry for someone, but compassion is loving someone enough to do something about it. You know, caring is expressed in action. You know, and it's not just a hand on the shoulder and and God saying, you know, they're there, everything's going to be okay. You know, God is motivated by action, by his love for us. And so he moves into action, and it's why Jesus came to this earth to die for us in the first place, because he cares about every aspect of our life. He cares about you. He cares about me, and he loves you that much. In Matthew six twenty-five, it says, that's why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. 
And if God cares so wonderfully for the wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. You know, God is, is more than just concerned about what we're going through. He comes to us. He puts his arm around us. He pulls us close and he says, I will help you through this. Hold on to me because he will care for you. Those are great words. He certainly cares for you, doesn't he? You know, he's more than just talk. He's about action. And so can we just be still and know that he is God? Can we know that as we call upon him, that he comes to us and he gives us what we need in that moment? Because you're worth it to him. You are loved by him. And we need to make sure we give God a chance. Instead of taking things in our own hands, just pause and wait. Be still and trust God. Trust God. You know, there's times in our lives where we're just going to have to simply trust him. I don't know what's going on, but I trust him. It doesn't look good, but I trust him. Right? The situation is too big to handle on my own, and so I will just trust in God. Because what other alternative do we have? You know, everyone trusts in someone or something. People put their trust in other things. It can be money. It can be their own wisdom, their own intellect. It can be relationships. And truth be told, however, we have to learn to be still in the midst of everything that's going on when we're facing tough times in our life and when we're going through the best times of our life to just trust in God, to be still and let God come and help us. Because life's hard. Life is difficult. But as we trust God through those moments, we will see God pull us through and we'll grow stronger through these times in our faith in him. In Matthew 7, it says, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be open. You parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Or if they ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask him? See, God is there waiting for you to just ask for help. He cares for you. You see, God sees farther. He listens longer. He cares more about you than you can even imagine. So how do we do this? Learn to be still before God. Learn to just trust in him. You know, what are you going through that you need to just wait and trust in him? Instead of just putting all your trust in yourself, what are you going through that says, you know what, I just need to pause 
and ask God to help me through this. You know, recognize that God sees you in those situations, that he knows exactly where you are, that he sees you and that he cares about you and he wants to get you through it. And so just pause and say, God, I need you. Help me. And then spend time every day in conversation with him. Trust that God is listening to everything that you have to say. Trust that God is listening. And, you know, I I had a friend once say, you know, I would love to hear your prayers, Corey, because sometimes I just wonder what it is that you're saying to God. I talk to him the way I talk to my friends, my family, you know. I'm just like, God, you know, this is what I need. And I don't, you know, because that's me. God wants me to be truthful. He wants me to be who I am to him. And just talk to him and say, God, I need your help. I need you to do this. And just have a conversation with him every day. You know, when something great happens in your life, God, thank you so much for bringing that into my life. Thank you for doing that. God, thank you for green lights all the way to church, right? It's wonderful. Or no trains. How about that one, right? I mean, how many times have you driven past a train track and stopped and said, God, thank you so much that I didn't get stopped for 45 minutes today, right? That is a great, or if you do get stopped at that train track, that is a great time to have a conversation with God too. You know, God, you can do the impossible. Help this train to move along quickly here, right? But have a conversation with him every day because he loves you and he wants to talk with you and he wants to hear from you. Third, recognize what moves your heart. You know, what is it that you really care about? What is it that that really moves you, you know? And then how are you showing others that same care and concern that God is showing you? And that's important. The same care and concern that God shows us, we need to make sure that we're showing others. You know, our neighbors, our coworkers, Yesterday, I was returning something I'd borrowed from my neighbor, and I said, you know, I really appreciate that, and I appreciate you allowing me to borrow it. And it was funny. His his wife came out and said, you know, I think I appreciate him a little bit more than you appreciate him. And I'm like, I hope so, (laughs) you know? And I'm like, but thank you so much. I was like, I'm so appreciative of all that you're helping me with and, and letting me borrow so we can work on our house and do some things. You know, I was so appreciative. I was like, I want to help you back. You know, just let me know. I want to care for you as you've cared for me. Show that same care that God shows you to others. And then finally, who are you putting your trust in? Who are you putting your trust in? You know, are you putting your trust in yourself? Because we can say we trust God, but then, you know, when the first sign trouble hits, we just kind of run in and tackle it ourselves instead of just pausing and saying, God, what are you trying to do in the midst of all this? What are you trying to show me in the midst of all that is going on? Who are you putting your trust in? You see, God cares for you, and he wants you to put, his com- put your complete trust in him. And so have you? Have you put your complete trust in God? If not, today's the best day to do that. Let's pray this morning. You know, you may be here today, and, or maybe you're watching online right now, and as I asked, who are you putting your trust in? Maybe your answer isn't God. 
But today would be a great day to do that. You know, I want to say, if you've never invited Jesus into your life, committed your life to him, today is the best day to do that. God cares so much about you. He loves you so much that he sent his son Jesus to die on that cross for you. He loves you so much. He cares about you. He sees you in your pain. He sees you in your good times. And he's there for you. And he says, I want to forgive you of all your sins. And so if you want to put your trust in God today, will you just pray with me this morning? Just simply say, Jesus, I thank you so much for loving me enough to come and die on that cross for me. And even though I don't understand everything that you've done for me, I, I do know that I need you today in my life. And so I ask you to come and forgive me of all my mistakes, all my sin, and help me to be a new person. Help me to live for you each day. Help me to live the life that you've created me to live. And God, I pray that each day I would know you more and experience all that you have for me. In Jesus' name. And God, I also pray for each and every one of us. Lord, for the individual that's going through the tough times right now in life. God, may they know that you see them where they're at. May they know that you are there and you hear their cries. And God, may they know that you care so much about them, that you have a plan for them, that you have the answer, that if they would just hold tight to you, you'll pull them through. And so God, I pray, be with each and every one of us. I pray that you continue to help us, Lord, as we go back to school this upcoming week or go back to work on Tuesday. Lord, may your hand be upon us. And God, may we show others the same care and concern that you show us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Well, thank you so much for joining with us. And if you prayed that prayer with me today, we have a little gift that we'd love to give you today. If you just stop by one of our tables, we have a book that we'd love to give you. It'll help you with your next steps and your faith and help you understand um, the commitment that you just made. And so just simply ask for that book. We'd love to give it to you. Or if you're watching online and you prayed that prayer with me, if you would email us at info at woodland.church and let us know that you prayed that prayer, we'd love to send that book out to you as well. Okay? Well, as you get ready to go, please make sure you take out that communication card, fill it out for us, place it into the offering baskets as you go, and also if you have offering, make sure you drop it into those baskets where the ushers are standing as well. And have a wonderful weekend and enjoy your Labor Day weekend. God bless you.